And I also so love singing that. sad, like sad songs when I'm happy. Like I love a sad song, like a power ballad. Mm. Like my favorite song to sing in the shower is I'm Going Down by Mary J. Blige. And like people are like, oh. probably like, this girl is going through it. And I'm like, no, I'm actually <laughs> having a good time. Oh my God, that's so <laughs> funny. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable. I am your host, Chelsea Vaughn, and today we have a very different episode than we normally do. Um, I am going to be the one being interviewed today by my guest, or we'll call her the host, Maddie Mayo. She has a podcast of her own called OK Sis with her sister, but she also just started a new video podcast called 36 Questions Later, and it's based off of this study that was done in the 90s um, of these 36 questions that lead to love. So I guess the saying is that like after you answer these 36 questions, like you could fall in love. So she started a video podcast with couples, or I guess they were strangers at first, um, and they answered the questions together. So for me, we thought it'd be fun to have her on and have her ask me some of the 36 questions. That way you guys can kind of get to know me better and I can get to know her better. And like, it would just be an interesting, fun format um, and a little something different. And it was really cool because I feel like I've been saying that like I have all these guests on and I ask them to be vulnerable. And obviously the podcast is called Vulnerable. And the reason I made the podcast was because I'm like, oh, I want a space where I can actually speak my mind and be vulnerable with people and be better at expressing my feelings. And then every week I have guests on and I, not that I don't do it, but it's kind of like I'm the host. So it's not really, it's not really about me when there's somebody else on here. Like I want you guys to hear what they have to say and I want them to be able to speak about the topic and we get their point of view. So it's never really me being vulnerable, which is kind of ironic. Um, so now on today's episode, I am going to get vulnerable. We asked, she asked me a lot of like really cool questions and she answered them too. Yeah. So I think I got pretty vulnerable for me. I mean, I definitely deflected on a lot of the questions as, as soon as she answered them, I'm like immediately talking about something else. And then I'm like, okay, really back in, I actually have to answer this. Um, but I'm in my most vulnerable state today, guys. I'm in a giant hoodie. I have not a drop of makeup on and I'm ready to get down and dirty and vulnerable with Maddie. So here is the episode. I hope you guys like it. Please let me know what you think about the kind of different fun take we did today. Um, and I'm going to be on her podcast soon. So when this, by the time this comes out, definitely go over to OKSIS and listen to our episode over there as well. But here is Maddie. Okay, Maddie Mayo, welcome to Vulnerable. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing fabulously. How are you? You look like like you're just a breath of fresh air. You're just gorgeous. Um, oh my God, we're just stop. talking. <laughs> we're just talking. This is what I do. So I have a podcast also called OK Sis, which you're going to come on um, in next week or so. And it's so funny. We always start the podcast just like hyping up the other woman, and they're all they're always like, "Oh my God, can I be your? Can you? Can that be my ringtone or like how I wake <laughs> up in the morning?" I was like, "Sure, sure." <laughs> I love it. Um, thank you for popping on so early. Maddie is in California, so it's very early her time. Um, yeah. And thank you for the compliments. You look great too. You're glowing over there. <laughs> thank you. I tried. I tried. I did a little soul cycle schwitz. So we got the glow. We got the schwitz glow, but we're ready to pod. And I'm also ready to just like take over so you can like yeah. sit back, <laughs> sit back, relax. Um, it's always better when you're the guest on someone else's podcast because you're just like, I can, my, the pressure is off, you know? Yeah. I know. This is weird. It feels weird me being the host, but not the host. Like, I don't even know what to do with yeah. myself right now, but I guess I'll I uh, pass it over to you. Get your questions started. How do Let's you, do how, many, how many episodes have you done of the 36 questions so far? Yeah. Okay. So I'll kind of give a little backstory. Um, yeah. I, I am a podcaster, as I just mentioned. I have a podcast with my sister called OK Sis Podcast. We've been doing it for around five years. So we're very uh, embedded in the podcasting space. And recently, my boyfriend and I started a new video podcast series called 36 Questions Later. And basically what we did is we filmed couples answering the 36 questions that lead to love. There was like this viral New York Times article with those 36 questions. Um, and we thought we'd put it to the test and see if it works for strangers. And so we filmed four couples. They were complete strangers and they just 
answered the 36 questions. And then at the end, like a month later, we followed up with them to see if they actually led to love. Um, so all, all the episodes are out now and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and it's a video podcast. So it's really interesting because you can like watch it, but you could also listen if you want to just listen to it, but you'll hear like my voice snaked throughout it. So it's kind of like a hosted, um, like, I don't want to call it like a dating series. I don't want to also trigger you, you know, like uh-huh. dating, you know. <laughs> You're like, uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> but it does feel that way. It's it's so interesting because it kind of is like cringy, but then it's also really beautiful. And I don't know, you really see like relationships and friendships form. So what we've been doing um, is I've been going on people's podcasts and basically hosting their shows. And we're going to do the 36 questions together. I mean, we're not going to do all of them because it takes like three hours. Um, I know. I was but we're going to say, not all 36. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not going to do all 36, but we're going to get through some of them. And then we're going to do a vibe check at the end and be like, did we fall in love? And we'll just, you know, we'll vibe check. <laughs> okay. I you also know? like to ask new people that have been on the podcast what their name, yeah. oh, you said your name, obviously, their age and their sign, because I'm really into astrology. So how old are you okay. and what's your sign? So I'm 28, and this is great that you're really into astrology because you can diagnose me because I have I don't know anything about it. I'm a cancer, but I have, I think, ugh, I, need, I need to remember which one is my rising and which one's the other one, because I'm a double cancer, and then I'm, and I believe I'm a Gemini something, and the Gemini, <laughs> the Gemini makes a lot more sense because I'm like very two different personalities. I've heard mm-hmm. Cancer. I think the only thing that I resonate with is that they cry a lot and I cry yeah. a lot. So it's like I'm sensitive and I cry a lot, but like that's really it. I don't think I'm like anything else. Okay. So maybe you're a Gemini rising because that's the one that you kind of like come off as and like maybe yeah. more resonate with as you get older. That's what I've decided. Yes. I'm really not an astrologist, but that's what, <laughs> that's what I decided just now. You um, know what? Like okay, cool. astrology, astrology can be what you make it, you know? Just like interpret it as you will. That's kind of how I go. And then, you know, it's like don't take it too seriously. Yeah, the more I dive into it, the more complex it gets. So I don't know. <laughs> exactly. But, um, exactly. But yeah, let's, I usually do it like a pop culture segment at the beginning called What's Going Vaughn, but I want to get through. <laughs> Wait, we could do that. We could do that too, because I'm a pop no, culture girl. No, no, it's, it's your show today. I want to get through as many of the 36 questions as we can, so we're going to skip What's Going Vaughn, but um, okay. yeah, I'll let you take over. Let's hop into the questions, whatever you want to do. Let's You're the host hop. now. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, since I'm the host, I will do uh, What's Going Vaughn. Uh, just quick. <laughs> okay, okay, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Um, is your whole TikTok just Taylor Swift era's tour like mine is? Yeah, slightly. I am an undercover Swifty. I, oh. I don't talk about it much, but my number one artist on Spotify last year was Taylor Swift somehow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Can can we unpack that? Why are you an undercover Swifty? <laughs> because I haven't come to terms with it because in the beginning of her career, I didn't like her and I didn't like her music. So like I didn't become a Swifty until I would say Red because there was like one or two songs on Red like that I enjoyed because she started turning more pop. So if we're talking mm-hmm. about eras, I only started liking her when she came into her pop era. Okay, got it. Um, so Chelsea, this is a safe space because I also <laughs> um, was – I, I don't like to admit it, and it's like ve- I feel very uncomfortable. But this is just my my truth. Uh, I was also a Taylor Swift hater a little bit. Um, it didn't take me actually until Reputation, which is wow. like very very developed. So that's why I don't like to claim also that I'm a Swifty because I feel like I didn't put in the work. But <laughs> I also am just obsessed with every I've watched I've watched the whole era's tour basically like I've watched the whole concert I feel like you've seen it yeah I mean I'm going a hundred percent I was about to say are you so much of a Swifty at this point that you bought tickets so I did not buy tickets but that's not gonna stop me like of course I will be there um there's there there's no doubt in my mind I will be there but yeah it's TBD on like how the tickets will come into my 
into my world. But Oh, so um, we're just manifesting okay. tickets at this point? Of course. I manifested free <laughs> Harry Styles tickets and I got them. So Okay. I love that for you. Let me know if you if you get tickets and you manifest them and I can come because I'm not trying to pay nine hundred dollars. Like I'm not like that much of a Swifty, but like I would very much enjoy going. (laughs) Right. Okay. Got it. So there's a cap. So we have yeah we have limits to the Swifthood. Got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's get into the questions. I just wanted to get a pulse check because I really like that segment and I also like the name of the segment. I like your little pun. (laughs) Thank you. Great. Okay. Number one. What would constitute a perfect day for you? Are we talking like in the terms of dating or are we just talking about a perfect day in my life in general or whatever I want? Whatever you want. Um, Mostly we've been doing it more of just in your life, but if you wanted to do dating, that's fine too. Well, I was just thinking about how you were saying it was like couples that were answering these questions. Oh, right. So you and I will answer them like we're friends, but we could also be a couple. (laughs) Can you tell I'm a very analytical person who likes all of the info before I answer questions? Yeah. I, I'm, uh, wait, what's your sign? Not that I would know what it means. I'm a Virgo. Okay. Does that make yes, sense that they would be analytical? It does, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, great. So it um, Yeah, we're ruled by Mercury, which is the planet of information. So okay, makes that, sense. Makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, my perfect day. <clears> hmm. <throat> I love to be outside when it's like perfect weather. And perfect weather to me is like mm. 72 degrees, sunny, but like not too sunny where like you're sweating, just perfectly mm. sunny enough. And then there's like a perfect breeze and there's not a cloud in the sky. You can go on a rooftop, like summer in New York, but before it gets like so hot that you want to die. Um, yeah. And probably just with my people, like anytime I'm with like, when I say my people, I'm like, the people in my life that I feel like I can be most myself around, like most comfortable around, like you don't have to put any energy into hanging out with them. Like you get mm. more energy by being around them. So like my best friends, um, if I'm dating someone, I mean, hopefully they'd be that person. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just like being outdoors and being with my people and like not worrying about like time, I guess. Like time's kind of just passing, like there's good music, maybe there's drinks, maybe we're on a rooftop, maybe we're at the beach. Like as long as I'm outside with my people and there's perfect weather, like I couldn't be happier. I love that. I love the time passing. I feel like I, that I've never put that into words, but that's exactly what a perfect day is when it just feels like either time has stopped or you just don't care about the timing and then it just kind of like- moves slower almost. Um, I just feel like that's like such a present day when you when you have that feeling. Yeah. Like I have nothing to do besides be present there. And like, I'm not worried about what time it is or how much longer we have, or like I have to be somewhere. Like it's just, right. you're just chilling. I love that. Yeah, I guess I know, it's been, it's, I mean, that does sound perfect. Um, <laughs> it's so funny, but as I've been doing these it's it's great to hear that people when they when they talk about their perfect day it's something that's like very attainable something that they could that actually exists in their life today you know like i i don't know why i thought people would be like i'm going to fly to australia and then i'm going to go here and like i'm then i'm going to see a taylor swift concert like it's just going to be like you know extraordinary like the most <laughs> insane day but it's really beautiful to know that like that day probably happens for you a lot, you know? And it's really awesome that you get to like tap into your perfect day. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I definitely could have gone unrealistic with it. Like, sure, (laughs) I could do another version of a perfect day where I have unlimited funds. (laughs) Um, But like this, I don't know. I feel like this sounds kind of sad, but like that day doesn't happen that much anymore. Like I don't Mm. have a lot of my close relationships here in New York. Like I'm from Georgia Mm. and like a a lot of my people are people that I've known for like 10, 15, like 20 years almost. Mm. And I rarely get to see them. Um, So like I have a few of them here, but I like, I pretty much keep a small circle. Like I I have like Mm. a few best friends and that's who I hang out with, like spend most of my time with. Um, And then I feel like as you like keep getting older, it's just so hard to plan stuff with people. Like when do you have time to just sit around with your friends and not worry about the clock? I know. Not very often. It, it, it's so true. I um, I was talking to my friends because, like, I feel like in my early 20s, I used to 
yeah, like there would be days like that where it was just like, oh, it's a Saturday. Like I'm hanging out with all the friends and we're doing nothing all day and just kind of bopping around. Where now I have to schedule that about like two months in advance. I was like, oh, hey, like um, can we – can we like schedule like a brunch, like all day brunch situation? And like, we literally have it on the calendar for in like two weeks and it's been on the calendar forever. So it's just kind of like, Same. that's what, get, that's what getting older is. It's just like literally. making plans two months in advance to like, make sure you can hang out with your friends. Like it's I so only true. have two best friends here and we have a group chat and it'll literally be like, okay, can we have a brunch soon? I miss you guys. Yeah. yeah. What are you guys doing next Saturday? And then one person's doing this. Okay, how about the Saturday yeah. after that? Yeah. Okay, how about the Saturday? Okay, yeah, we'll plan one for May 4th. And it's just like, yeah. damn. <laughs> I know. It's so, so hard. It's so interesting. I know. Um, well, I'm just going to echo what you said. I think also my perfect day is something outside. I would bring the temperature down to like a 65, 68 <laughs> Um, because I sweat a lot. So it's like, we need to have it be very cool. And, um, I would go to Malibu. I would either go to the beach or go to a restaurant that's overlooking the beach. That's actually my preferred because I don't like the sand. Um, but something that is like observing the ocean and having a really good meal, a nice, like crisp glass of rosé, hanging out. Yeah. With close friends, the boyfriend, family, um, maybe seeing my niece or definitely seeing my niece. She's in San Diego though. So maybe she come, she, she takes herself up to Malibu and I meet her there. My, my newborn niece. Uh, but yeah, that's the, that's the perfect day. Truly. Oh my God. We have similar perfect days. I know. I mean, (laughs) our lives, look at us. So great. Okay. I didn't know you were going to answer the questions with me. That's so fun. Yes, Chelsea, we have to see if we fall in love. That's the whole point. Like, <laughs> I, and you have okay, to get cool. to know me as I, in order to fall in love with me. You know what I mean? Okay, got it. I'm glad. I thought it was just going to be you hosting me answering them out here like all alone. So <laughs> all alone. I like this better. Don't worry. Okay, good. Good, good. Okay, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? Ooh, I started getting that five-minute journal have you, mm-hmm. do you know the five minute journal? So apparently the science behind it is like, there's this very specific time in your brain when your brain is in like, I think it's theta state when you first wake up and when you're about to fall asleep. And mm-hmm. the point of the journal is that you're supposed to express gratitude like at, at those specific times because then it affects your whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really tried with this five minute journal to be consistent, but it's so hard to like start writing things down like when you're half asleep and when you're falling asleep. Um, But anyway, my point is I felt like it got kind of repetitive because every day it asks you like to list three things that you're grateful for. And like, not that I'm not grateful for a lot of things, but like I almost felt like I I was challenged to like try to come up with something different every day. Like every day Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my friends and family. I'm grateful for my job. But then like every day I'm like, I don't want to write the same things. Um, (laughs) anyway, I went off on a tangent. (laughs) No, I mean, it's most grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm, I would probably say being healthy. Mm -hmm. Like I don't Mm -hmm. have any health issues at this point in my life. Like, thank God I'm 30. Um, but some people can't say that. And I haven't really had like many health issues ever to this point. Um, I'm healthy. My family's healthy. My friends are healthy. So like I would say that's what I'm most grateful for. And I think that like when you think about it, like I don't know. I think when you're sick, (laughs) it really makes you think about how grateful you are to be healthy. Like you don't think about it on a normal basis. Like luckily I don't have to think about it on a normal basis. Um, And then it's right when you're sick that you're like, oh my God, everything else is unimportant. Like I'm not even thinking about how important this one major thing is until I don't have it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I think it's really aware of you. I think we, yeah, we take it for granted plenty of times. I think it's also okay that it's repetitive in your five-minute journal. Um, Honestly, the power of gratitude is that the repetition 
helps mm. it to like sink in to your to your subconscious. Exactly what you were saying about the theta states. Um, and I also think even even if you don't want to write it down, even if you're in the that theta state right before you go to sleep or right when you wake up, t- just listing out things you're mm. grateful for in your brain. So I do this a lot. Like if I wake up and I'm just like, oh, like there's just, I don't know, a dread or whatever. I just immediately am like, no, no, no. Like, cause that will set your mood for the rest of the day is just kind of like, you just switch it to health, family, like cute apartment, whatever, you know, whatever your little list is. Um, yeah, I think I'm most grateful for, I mean, again, with same with you, like there's a lot of things. I think I'm going to go with a more superficial answer, I guess, but I'm grateful for my podcast. I think, uh, and something that you'll realize too is that it's an, an amazing way to connect with people. And it's this avenue that I just like don't think I would have been able to network with the type of people I've networked with. And it just like provides so much value in my life. And it's led to so many opportunities. Like I can always place it back to the podcast, um, everything else that's come into my life. So I'm just so grateful that not only did we start it, but that we've been like consistent with it for five years. I think that's something that, you know, people either fall off of it or, you know, it's it's hard for them to be consistent. So I just, I'm really grateful that we were able to to get there. Wow, five years. I was going to ask you how long it's been. Um, yeah. And it's your literal sister, right? <laughs> it, it It is my literal sister. Yes, it is. Uh, and that's also something that's been so beautiful is that um, like our relationship as sisters has deepened so much. And that's something that I just never really saw for us. Like we were always kind of close, but then now it's like, it's like a little too close. Um, but that has been something that is also that I'm so grateful for that it's brought me. Yeah, that's so cool because um, yeah. my sister and I, like we're close-ish, but like I can't imagine how much closer we get if we talked on a podcast like weekly for five years. Um, yeah. And I also feel like your answer is so inspiring because it's just like I just started this podcast. I mean, just like tw- 20 weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. But still, that's like very new con- compared to what you've done and the fact that you're like, wow, how many people I've met and everything that I've done, all these things I've done have always gone back to the podcast. I think that's so cool because I feel like that's kind of one of the reasons I started this podcast too. Um, Like I want to build something and I want to do something other than just influencing and like posting things. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously I was always modeling, but I think this is kind of going to be like in a different way. Um, And then like what I love about modeling so much is just being collaborative with other creatives and people that are really Mm. talented at what they do. And so I feel like with the podcast too, I also get to do that. So I love that answer. Yeah, for sure. And you get, it's going to be a whole other deeper level to creation and collaboration and connection that like you've never thought was possible. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're about to start another one or you already did kind of. uh, Yeah, already did. Yeah. We're racking them up. Um, okay. <laughs> when did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? Oh, I'm a huge singer. I'm literally, it's, it, the answer is more like, when did I last not sing to myself? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, anyone that knows me, like I'm constantly singing, humming, or dancing. <laughs> wow. Um, so wait, what are you singing? What, what's, the, what's the last song you sang? Oh. I feel like I'm like one of those people that just constantly has song lyrics in their head. Like mm. I was just joking to my friends last weekend that I can't remember anything. Like I can't remember any parts of my life and my memory so bad because it's just full of song <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> like I am literally a savant for song lyrics. That and like movies and TV shows. Wow. Like I can watch something once, go back, and like I know what they're about to say verbatim. I don't know. I have like a Whoa. It's just like I guess it's a secret hidden talent part of my brain that holds on to yeah. lyrics. Um Yeah. I'm trying to think of like the last thing I like really like sang, sang. I don't know. Me and my friends like in the car. I'm a big car singer, car singer. scream singer, yeah. blast the music, <clears throat> windows down person. Um, oh, and here yeah. I don't have a car anymore. Mm-hmm. So I never get to do that. So I was home in Atlanta last weekend and me and my friends were blasting Taylor Swift, actually. <laughs> there we go. Um, it all oh, comes back to T-Swift. So that's the last time I sang to someone else, I guess, Lavender Hayes in the car on the way to my friend's engagement oh, that's party. A good one. <laughs> that's such a good one. Yeah, I, so I grew up 
doing musical theater, which shouldn't Aww. surprise you about like anything <laughs> about me. Um, but so I, I, I sang pretty like professionally for such a long time. And then when I went to college, I, I gave it up and it's still to this day been a really interesting like wound that I still like haven't really mm-hmm. explored and understood why just literally my whole life was like leading up to me going to school for this and then it just stopped. And it was like a kind of a mourning of a part of my identity and it was it was really interesting because that's all really I knew for so long. And mm-hmm. since then I have not sang in front of anyone. And Not even karaoke? Sure, but if it's, <laughs> so so I haven't, let me rephrase. I have not sang like well or sang like actually tried to sing. It's more okay. like a bad sing, if that makes sense. It does. Um, you know, and so I don't know what it is. Like I just, I, I, it's so interesting. Like sometimes I think that I should go back and do like singing lessons just to like gain up that confidence again and like just do it for myself, like not necessarily for for anything else. But um, yeah, like the only time I sang act, like actually well is in the car too. I'm a car singer and it'll be like on a long road trip or something if I'm driving down to San Diego, I'll do show tunes. So there's only a couple songs that I love to sing like well. One is Take Me or Leave Me from Rent. The other is The Wizard and I from Wicked. And then I'll sing an Adele song. What's the song I love to sing by Adele? I forget what it's called. I love to um, sing Adele in the car and the shower. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like Adele is like, you know, we got to belt it out. So um, I was a big belter. So yes, I, yeah. It's like a weird question because I am a singer, but I also don't sing. So it's kind of weird, but I don't know. It's something I'm trying to see if I want to get back into or explore again. Yeah. This might scoop one of your questions, but one thing I've always wanted to do is singing lessons. Like I just feel like it would be fun and I think it'd be cool. And like, I'm not saying I'm a good singer. Like I would just like to throw that out there. I'm not saying I am. (laughs) I'm just saying every time I sing, other people say, wow, you're a good singer. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm, no, no. I'm saying like, (laughs) if the scale is like average is five, like I'm giving myself a five and a half, like six, like slightly above average. (laughs) Okay. Okay, (laughs) Like I can hold a tune, but like, I think people like when I go to karaoke and stuff, people are like, oh my God, you can sing actually. And I'm like, um, I wouldn't go that far, but like, I think singing lessons would just be fun. Like it's just something I've always wanted to do. Yeah. I know. I think also getting back into karaoke, like I don't know why I don't do karaoke more often. And maybe that would like get a couple of drinks in me. Well, yeah. you know, I'll be able to be a little more confident. I don't know. I feel like that would be the vibe. Oh, I love karaoke. Anytime someone's like, do you want to do karaoke tonight? I'm like, yep. Absolutely. You're like, yep. <laughs> I'm there. Count me in. 100%. <laughs> I love it. And I know my neighbors probably can't stand me because I have concerts <laughs> in the shower. Every day. <laughs> there was, I have a there shower playlist. <laughs> I love that. I, um, growing up, I was, I was at my mom's house, I remember in high school and I was like practicing for a play or something. It was like this big belting song. I don't remember what it was, but like we lived like right next, I don't know, like our neighbors were very close by and I'm like screaming and I literally hear someone say, shut the fuck up. And I was like, <laughs> I was, like, I was like, wait. And I was mortified because it was like I was practicing, but he could like hear every word. He's like, shut the fuck up. You're so Wait, loud. where are you from? Uh, San Diego. Oh, okay. Originally from San Diego. Yeah. Got it. That's Originally so from San Diego. I know for a fact my neighbors can hear me because yeah. I can hear them. So yeah. I know they have to be so, able to hear me. And I also so love singing that. sad, like sad songs when I'm happy. Like I love a sad song, like a power ballad. Mm. Like my favorite song to sing in the shower is I'm Going Down by Mary J. Blige. And like people are like, oh. probably like, this girl is going through it. And I'm like, no, I'm actually <laughs> just having a good time. Oh, wow, that's so <laughs> funny. I know. It that never, bleeding it's love. Never, oh, oh my God. So good. God about bleeding love. No, sing it in the shower later today. Okay. It's going to heal you. That, It's going to heal me. It'll heal all my troubles. I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's go the opposite way. When did you last cry in front of another person or by yourself? Oof. You know, I'm not a big 
crier. I definitely have been crying more as I get older, which is interesting. Mm. Um, And I actually think going on a TV dating show where like they kind of shove like vulnerability down your throats kind of forced me, which is good. This was a good thing. I needed a little push, Um, Mm -hmm. forced me to like be more vulnerable in front of other people. Um, Before I would like literally do anything before crying in front of somebody else. Like I hate that. I just hate crying in general. Like I hate, I don't even like crying in front of myself. Like I literally will go into the mirror and look at myself crying because it makes me like want to stop crying. Like I'll look at myself and I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Like you look dumb. Stop. <laughs> okay. We need to work. But, we need um, to work on that. We need to work on that. I don't okay. have a lot of water in my chart, like, like cancers. Like I'm not a crier. Um, okay. But yeah. I do think when I start dating someone seriously, like I'm a little bit more open emotionally. So like I will cry with a boyfriend or something, but the last oh, time I cried was in front of somebody. This is sad. <laughs> um, my uncle died a couple of weeks ago mm. and my mom, I'm like, my whole family is still in Atlanta. So it just kind of sucks mm. when like something big happens and like I'm not there. Um, mm. And I've also only like seen my mom cry probably like three times now in my whole life. Um, wow. This was one of them. So she was just like sobbing on FaceTime, like it's her brother. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think just seeing your mom like that is just like so hard. Like obviously I was sad about my uncle too, but it's just like seeing my mom like that just was terrible. Um, So yeah, I guess my mom is the last person I cried in front of on FaceTime. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry to hear about that. And I think it also makes sense that the biggest thing that you're grateful for is health because something like this recently happened and it probably like jump started your your gratitude for every like that people are around you and alive around you um yeah as you said water sign that's that's something i learned <laughs> about cancers recently is that yes that's why we cry a lot so yes i cry a lot oh also i want to say that um you going on your so you're saying that you going on the bachelor made you you more in, t- in touch with your emotions? Yeah, I would say more in touch with them outwardly. Like, oh, do okay. I think I was an emotionally intelligent person before? Yes, but okay. I did not like sharing and expressing my emotions Got to it. other people. So then it's like Got you it. kind of don't have a choice when you're talking directly to a producer and they're asking you every day, like, how are you feeling? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? So it kind of just like forces you to express it to other people. Mm, Okay. So great. Then we love that. We love that experience for you. It opened it. Yeah, definitely helped me in that Vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. And that is, and that is the only way that it helped me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. You said (laughs) I love it. Um, Okay, yes. So I cry. I cry a lot. Um, I think for me, it's extremely therapeutic. It's not really something that I see as like a negative thing or something where I need to like hold it in. Um, I just find it really releasing. I just... I, I don't know what it is. I I just I also love to cry because I don't like the feeling of being bottled up and having like such high tension like emotions. Like it needs to release somehow. So mm-hmm. um like I cried yesterday and it was only for like a couple seconds almost. You know, it just happens where like something really heightens, I cry, and then it just I'm fine. Like I don't know. So it's kind of a it's kind of um a weird uh, therapeutic release for me. So I, yeah, I cry. I cry plenty. I cry plenty. I think that's I'll be healthy. I think yeah, it's healthier than my, than me. <laughs> no, I think. But maybe I think Virgos I've gotten are better. not supposed to cry. What's Virgo? What's the, what's the nature? Earth. What's the earth? Okay. okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Earth. You want to be outside. Okay. Got it. Yeah. It's all I think, connected. I think, um, and I talked about this a long time ago on like one of my solo episodes about like, I saw a TikTok about the definition of crying versus weeping. And like mm. the definition of weeping is crying without sound. So like when you just let tears fall, like that's not really crying. It's technically weeping. So then they're like, people don't actually you don't, cry. Yeah, you don't even, but that's so interesting because you think of weeping as like, 
like, yeah, you're scream crying almost, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> right. You would but think weeping not. is like loud. Yeah, no. Apparently the definition of weeping is silent. So it's like okay. people actually say like, oh, I cry a lot, but actually we weep a lot, which sounds we so, so sad. <laughs> I know. It does yeah. sound sad, but that is, that is true. I'm a weeper. As, I am too. Um, I, I rarely cry then. As, um, uh, Fuck, what's his name? Jude Law said in The Holiday, I'm a weeper. I weep. <laughs> so that's When I hear the word weeper, that's what I, that's what I think about. But um, no, okay. but apparently yeah. the sounds that you make when you're crying, that's what's actually like therapeutic for you. So it's, it's good for you to cry. Like to make the sounds, it's like, it, it helps. Okay, so next time I'm weeping, yeah, next time I'm weeping, I'm just going to start like screaming and like just like <laughs> just like audible audible noises and just be like Chelsea Chelsea told me this is the way to go. This is the way. And next that time I you cry, you're crying. definitely going to think about me in this conversation. Exactly. 100%. 100%. <laughs> um okay, so since we just talked about your mom, the next question is how do you feel about your relationship with your mother? Oh, my mother listens to this podcast, so. <laughs> Hi, mom. Hi. Hi, mom. Um, I think as you get older, especially as a daughter, I think your relationship with your mom changes a lot. I don't know if you would mm-hmm. agree. I don't really know what your relationship with your mom is, but I guess we'll, we'll hear it after this answer. We'll, we'll find um, out, yeah. <laughs> I think that it's just, it's harder to relate when, you're younger. Um, mm. And like as a young teen girl, I think, like your mom is like the enemy number one. It's like she can't do anything right. Like she doesn't get you, whatever. You don't like her. Not that I didn't like her, but it just wasn't like, like I wasn't like, mm-hmm. wow, me and my mom are best friends. Like it was never like that. Um, and then now that I get older, I feel like just as you get older in general and become an adult, like you really realize like, damn, my mom was just like, well, my age, <laughs> when she had me, like I can't even imagine being my age and having three kids and being married like she was at the time. Like it just feels like I'm too young for that. <laughs> and so it just makes me relate and like understand her more at, on a deeper level. Like I'm just like, I understand her choices more. I understand like, like for example, like I begged, pleaded with my parents when I was younger to get a dog. Like all I ever wanted was a dog. And like my mom was like, no, you're not getting a dog. Like I don't want to take care of a dog. At the time, I was like, God, like, everybody else has a dog. Like, why won't you just let me get a dog? And then now that I'm older, I'm like, the thought of having a puppy, while I already have three kids <laughs> and a husband. I know. She's like, she's like, absolutely not. Like, absolutely like, not. These things cost money. Like, it's not like, like, who's going to pay for the dog? Not me. I was 11. Like, no. I just yeah. never thought about things like that. And so mm-hmm. now that I got older, I feel like my relationship has come, like, become more of, like, my mom is my friend. Not like, obviously, she's still my mom. And I still go to her for things and advice and whatnot. Um, but I would say my mom and I are good friends now. Like, that's mm. that's what the relationship is growing more into. And I like I it. Love that. It's nice. It's like I don't yeah. have to, like, now I feel like I can kind of, like, tell her more and share more because it's like she's my friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I I completely agree with you. I I think the the craziest realization that I've gone through as I've gotten older is realizing that your parents are human and that they have flaws and like that they're not superheroes. I think that's the weirdest moment where you're just like, oh shit, like, oh wow. Yeah. They were flawed, which is fine. They're humans. We're not like blaming them, but it is a really interesting moment when everything you grew up knowing kind of is flipped on its head. And you have a lot more than compassion for your parents as you grow up, of course, as you had just mentioned. I mean, they sacrificed so much. They did so much for us with very little <laughs> gratitude in, re- in right. return. I can also <laughs> I can also be the first to admit I was a torture. I was a absolute torture as a child and growing up. And so you know, I think back to those times and I'm just like, oh, I mean, I could never have dealt with me growing up. Like that's just, it's, they, they do so much as just normal human beings. Right. And so, um, similarly to you, I think I grew up with, uh, I, I mean, I love my mom dearly. Um, I live like five minutes from her. Like I go there, you know, see her all the time and she's great. She's was a very like, 
patient person. So I think that's how she was able to deal with me. Um, she's like so patient. I don't, I have zero patience. So it's like, um, I think we butted heads a little bit and I, I harbored some resentment towards her, I think growing up, but yeah, as I, as I get older, I mean, my parents also divorced. So there's like a whole added layer to that and like how I felt about both of my parents through the divorce. And, um, at the end of the day, it's just, it's a immense respect and it's just this love and, and understanding that like, I need to be around you. I need to, like, you are, I don't know, you're just the best, right? So um, it's evolved, similar similar to you. And I think it will continue to evolve. Although I have compassion, I don't think I will have, like, full understanding until I have a kid. And I see my sister going through that right now. And I, I need to ask her because this has been something I wanted to ask her of, like, do you now feel like, do you now like want to say sorry to mom or something? Like Mm. she was a much better kid growing up though. So like maybe (laughs) she doesn't feel that, but like, I, I know that when I have a kid, I am going to like apologize to my mom. (laughs) I, how did you do this? Because this is terrible. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's kind of where I, where I land with her. That's funny. Yeah, I wasn't really a terror as a kid, um, so I don't think I have that much to apologize for. Yeah, I really wasn't that bad. Um, My mom can, I mean, say what she wants about that, but I really don't think I was. Um, But I think this is like kind of morbid also, but it's just like as my parents get older too, like I'm the third child. So like my, I don't know, my brother's five years older than me. And I just feel like my mom's like mortality and like both my parents mm-hmm. is more apparent to me now. Like it just makes me think like, especially since I don't live there, I'm mm-hmm. just I'm more aware of the fact that like they're not going to be here forever. So I try to be more intentional about like time spent and like answering calls and stuff. Cause like when I first moved here, I'd be like, ah, oh, my mom called, whatever. <laughs> like I'll call her back when I call her back. I'm out. Um, but now it's just like, damn, they're in their sixties. Like I don't even, I can't, I can't even think about that, but. Yeah, we're just like, let's cut this off. I, I agree. My dad just turned 70 last week and it's like, he's the youngest seven. He's like younger than me. Like he is like so youthful. And so I was like, wait, you're 70? What the fuck? And he was, yeah. he's like, yeah. He's like literally in the Bahamas on a boat, like living it up. And I, I was just, it, yeah, that moment was like, oh my God. But then it also was hopeful because he does feel very youthful. So I'm like, okay, we, we have time. We have time. Like we're, we're yeah, not slowing true. down yet, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's something, it's really an interesting um, thing that we have to grapple with as, as we get older for sure. Um, okay. Should we do, let's do like two more. This one is, okay. is pretty fast. Before making a phone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? <laughs> um, like in my head or like literally rehearse it? I mean, either. Probably in your head. Or I guess you could say it out loud. I mean, if, if that's the type of person you are, but I don't think you are. No, I don't. I don't say it out loud. I don't verbally rehearse it. Um, okay. It depends on the phone call, I guess. Like if I had something like a really big deal phone call coming up, like, well, this episode's probably, this is going to come out way after, but so I'll just say it. <laughs> um, okay. I applied for Sports Illustrated swimsuit search and I made it into the top 24. And I'm going to find out next week if I made it to be a finalist in the top 12. So like before I had this phone call, like, yeah, I thought about what I was saying and like kind of rehearsed it a little bit, like something like that or like a job interview or like if I was like dating someone and like, you know, the notes app. Like if I, I'm like a notes app person, like I will write out everything I need to say because it's easier for me. I don't know. This is just my personality, I guess. It's easier for me to get my thoughts and feelings out, especially when they're like emotional on paper Mm. before I say them. Cause otherwise they're going to come out very directly and bluntly. And sometimes I'm like, (laughs) I don't need to say that exactly like that. So like I am... I am a rehearser in that way, um, usually when it's emotional. But like if I'm calling, no, if I'm just like calling a friend, calling my mom, calling, I don't know, Con Ed, like, no, I'm not rehearsing what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. 
Same. Like there's, I feel no. like some people like have to rehearse. I I mean, maybe I do like a little bit when it's um, calling for a reservation. I'll just be like, okay, how many people are we? What time is it? Where am I? Like that, because when you, like there have been moments where I'm like, wait, I forgot how to speak. Like I don't yeah. know how to, <laughs> how to communicate with you. So maybe there's like a little bit of that, but yeah, for sure. A job interview, a big, you know, big, big meetings like that. Casting, I, I also, yeah. yeah, like I, I also, um, I have my own startup. That's something I, that's what I do like full time in, in addition to the podcast. And, um, we were raising money at the end of last year. And so like pitch meetings, of course, like I'm going to fucking prepare and like <laughs> write yeah. out every single sentence. And of course, and look, if things go off the cuff, like that's fine. Um, and I'm prepared for that, but there's something about just like having that safety net to be like, oh, I remember what I, the different bullet points that I was trying to make. So. Yeah. I I think it's that that. like feeling of safety. Like I like to feel as prepared as possible because it makes me feel safe. Like it makes me feel like I'm ready for whatever it might be. So like casual phone calls, no big meetings. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Great. In alignment. Great. Okay. Last one is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time and why haven't you done it? I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of things I've dreamed of doing and haven't done. Mm-hmm. Um, dreamed of though. I'm thinking about like, like I have a short list of things that I want to do and just haven't done, like the singing lessons or like right. going to take a Spanish class and learning Spanish. Like I've been meaning to do that and like been half-assed doing that for the past like three years. Um, mm. But like dreams wise, I, I feel don't like really those are have dreams. I mean, little ones. It's more like hobbies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to do them and haven't done them because I'm a procrastinator, I guess. Um, yeah. And I, I can like talk myself, like I can throw up excuses for anything. Like I can argue both sides of anything. <laughs> so I do that in my head all the time. Um, but I feel like big dreams, there's not really anything I can think of that I'm like at the moment that I really want to do and have been putting off because I'm mm. – this is like one of the things I like best about myself, I think, is that like if I have a goal and a dream that I really want to do, like I'll make it happen. Like when I was – decided I wanted to have a podcast, like I, I made it. <laughs> like when I decided I wanted to move to New York and be a model, I did it. Like that's not mm. something that I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm afraid of making the leaps at the time temporarily. But anytime I've ever done it, like made the leap, it always works out for the better and changes my life for the better, changes me as a person for the better. So like the more I do that, the less fear I have around it. It is like mm. always scary to start something new and you don't know how it's going to be received, blah, blah, blah. But that's not one of my issues that I have. And I think mm. a lot of other people, maybe just because they haven't done it a lot or they're just scared in general, but I think a lot of people, like I used to have this conversation with my roommate a lot because mm. she's a person that's like, I'm like, I would rather try something and fail and know it didn't work out and go like go on living my life and be okay with that. And she was like, I would rather not try than fail. And I'm like, damn. And a lot of people feel like yeah. that. Like a lot of people will just sit in their nine to five jobs and they're like, I hate it here, but I'd rather stay here than try something new. And like, that's just yeah. something I can't relate to. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I'm i similar to you. I used to be a very risk averse person, but again, ever since the podcast, like that was the first <laughs> moment where it was like a jump off the cliff, like fuck fear, fuck what everyone else thinks. And yeah, like it's proof that, doing something like that pays dividends. Yes, of course it's fucking scary. Like we're not trying to say right. it's like easy or scary, but if you just if you just remind yourself of the the blessings on the other end and like the well of opportunities that come through as as a result of taking that risk, it then beca- it becomes like addictive. Then you just want to keep doing like crazy and crazier things. And yeah, because I did that with the podcast, then I had the confidence to start my own business and then work on it full time and quit my job and like put myself out there on TikTok and all these different avenues that I would have been so scared of failure or, and look like fear, I'm not saying that fear goes away. 
It's just that I don't listen to it anymore. It doesn't dictate mm. any of my decisions anymore. Um, I don't let it. And I think it's because we probably have had so much repetition of doing things despite fear. Um, and then seeing the results and being like, oh, that felt actually really great. Like, let's do that again. And I don't think people have as much practice as as we do. So I always tell people, if you're scared to do something, it's it's more so probably because you haven't taken that type of risk before. Like you shouldn't listen to fear as like a dictate, like dictating what you're doing. Um, so yeah, I really, I really love that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think a good rule of thumb is kind of like if something scares you, then that's what you should be running towards. Yeah. Like, like fear is the I guidepost. Think, yeah. That's like yeah, that's exactly what it is, a good guidepost. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that when I first, I probably the scariest one that I did was just quitting my job. Like I had a very stable corporate job and like obviously I lived in New York and rent needed to be paid and I had bills and, and I was like, okay, I'm going to quit my job and become a model. And like that, that was as scary as it gets. Like I didn't have a safety net besides me. Like I had some savings, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if that didn't work out, I mean, but it did. So it's <laughs> so like once I did that, then it's like, okay, Going on a TV show is not that scary or going on three TV shows or starting a <laughs> podcast is not that scary. <laughs> totally. Um, so yeah, I think, and I think modeling helped a lot with that too because modeling mm. is like 95% rejection. Um, so you mm. go to like all these castings all the time and get told no constantly. And so after I got over that kind of fear of rejection, it's like, okay, well, if I got rejected from this, like it's just not for me, something better is. Mm. And I think like once I had that mindset, it kind of, bled into everything else in my life. I mean, rejection is redirection. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's been my, I, yeah, like it's funny because growing up at, when I was in theater, yeah, tons of rejection um, as a result. And I had a lot of practice with that. But then since I stopped it, there wasn't as much rejection in my life until I started doing investor pitch meetings, um, which is <laughs> all rejection. And that was really fun. But that was a really interesting moment because I was like, okay, I actually have to retrain that muscle. And I kind of forgot what it's like to be in that headspace of like getting told no literally every single day and then choosing to continue and persevere regardless. And that's a really hard thing for people for people to get over. And it's also, we don't have as much of that training. So when you're in a position like modeling or theater or pitch meetings, where there is this constant rejection, like you're just not going to find that in life, um, in different arenas in life. I guess maybe dating sometimes can come to that, mm. but, um, I think it's healthy. I think it's like in the moment it fucking sucks. I'm not going to lie, yeah. but there is something really beautiful about showing up for yourself like consistently and over and over again, despite that rejection. Yeah. Have you heard of rejection therapy? I saw like this girl on TikTok. Saying like exposure that she was, like, therapy. Really, oh yeah. Exposure therapy. But like she was, <laughs> she was like laying down on the sidewalk in the middle of a busy street and somebody asked her like, Hey, what are you doing? And she was like, it's exposure therapy. Like I'm just trying to get used to like being uncomfortable around people like like just putting herself in the middle of a situation yeah. where she's uncomfortable. Okay, well, that might that might <laughs> be I dangerous. That was so I was like, that might well, be dangerous. Yeah. But yes, I get the point. <laughs> that is that. Yeah, I mean, they all say that, right? Like, do something that scares you every day. Like, get out. Like, befriend discomfort. You know, get comfortable. With you guys could just get things. into the entertainment industry if you want yeah. rejection <laughs> exposure to rejection. There you just go. Join any it's part quick, of the entertainment industry. <laughs> quick, fast lane. To, to that. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Chelsea, this was beautiful. I think we did fall in love a little bit. <laughs> can you confirm or deny? Okay, I can great. confirm. Okay, yeah. good. I, 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 do I feel smart. We fell in friend love. Yeah, Wait, I, I have a question I ask all of my guests. My final question. Oh, okay. Is there anything you want to be vulnerable about? Oh. It could be literally anything you want. Obviously, we were pretty vulnerable with our. I know. Over 36 questions. But is there anything like right now that you're kind of like. Yes, I will. I will. Yes, always. There's always something I'm sitting on and thinking about. (laughs) Um, So I. For my startup, um, it's called Camber. It's a travel recommendations app. And we've grown quite a bit on TikTok 
in the Los Angeles area, posting about things to do, places to be, restaurant reviews, all of that. And um, so it's been an amazing platform and I love TikTok and I love creating content. But as you probably have experienced, (laughs) there comes, you know, not, I I don't want to say trolls, but just there are just differing opinions. And I really didn't realize that posting about like Los Angeles restaurants and coffee shops was going to be so controversial at times. And (laughs) I've, I've talked about like exposure therapy. I've, um, you know, I've dealt with it a lot, um, over the year that we've been growing it. And I've, it's, I actually feel very proud of myself that I don't let it bother me as much now. Um, but something I posted yesterday kind of went viral, the comments, you know, not so great. And so I just went in this like intense shame spiral and loop. And I was also getting mad at myself for getting in that shame spiral. Cause I was like, you're letting them win. You're da da like, stop. Like you can choose to not let this affect you. And I was like getting mad at myself for getting mad and which it never helps, you know, ease the, ease the pain and everything. So I don't know. I still, it's still like a little sting in my heart. And I think this morning when I was in my meditation, I was just kind of like, look, it's fine if you feel this way. Like let's, let's place a boundary. And I told my co-founder, I said, Hey, like I'm placing a boundary. I'm, I'm not going to look at the comments. Like if we want to respond to some, like, please, can you do it or something? And she was like, completely like, I think it's a great piece of content. Like fuck those people, like all these things. So I felt very supported and, um, you know, but just, it was interesting because I, I was like, what, you haven't been upset like this in the past. Like why now? And, you know, going in those loops and I don't know, especially being a content creator, it's really, no one prepares you. And I think people, people, I don't know. I'm so fortunate. It's part of my job because I really love it. And it feels like very authentic to me and in my purpose, but dealing with this like added layer was just not really something I was prepared for or ever wanted to deal with. And so, and I don't think any content creator wants to deal with this. So it's been an ongoing journey of like how I react to certain messages or comments. And um, yeah, so I'm still navigating that, but that's something that's been like sitting with me today. Yeah, I feel like that's real and relatable because I don't I don't have a business, but I can't imagine mm-hmm. like the way that I am, I just put so much of my like self and my energy and like it means a lot to me when I create something. And like I've had trolls obviously. Um, but they're like coming at me as a person. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like it's it's different when someone's coming at your work. Like mm-hmm. I I feel like I could handle it if someone was coming at me like, you're ugly, you're this, like racist (laughs) shit. I've had the craziest shit said to me. And like that doesn't bother me because I know I'm not ugly. And like I know all these things about like I know like you you think I'm a bitch because you watch me on a TV show. But like I know it was edited. Like that kind of thing. Like there's always something where I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. And so it doesn't really bother me like that. But I think if like – I did a podcast clip that went viral or something and people were like coming at the podcast, like that would hurt. (laughs) Like this is like my little baby. Like I just can't imagine like having a business that you put so much time and effort and energy into and then people like coming for it. Um, So I get that. And that, that is like a real thing that we have to deal with as content creators that nobody prepares you for. Um, It's kind of just like, boom, it happens all at once and you're supposed to know how to like navigate. Um, Yeah, but I think that's I think that's a good idea. Like not looking at the comments at least for now right. until you feel more comfortable yeah. with it because it's like I saw something earlier that was like when the comments turn from talking to you to talking about you, that's when you have to stop looking at them. Yeah. Cuz it's like people I'm like, just Hello, like they're not even talking you know to that you. I, like do you know this that is I a can real account read like, this? Like Yeah, like you're a real person. I'm reading this. Yeah, people just like start going at each other in the comments and like forget that somebody actually runs this account. Like it's so weird. And then like if you comment back, they'll be like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean it like that. Or sorry, I never thought you'd see this. Like, like, this is my page. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, it's so crazy. So true. So true. But yeah, putting putting those boundaries and a little bit of space, I think is super healthy for for us. 
Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being of vulnerable. Course. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for becoming my new bestie. Yes. <laughs> Tell so everyone where they can find on my own podcast. <laughs> yeah, I plug your own podcast. Um, no, but... Um, let's see. Where can everyone find me? So you can follow me at Maddie Mayo, M-A-D-Y-M-A-I-O, um, Instagram and TikTok. And you're going to be coming on OKSIS podcast soon. So that'll yes. be really exciting. That's O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Anywhere podcasts are found. And then the 36 questions later, make sure to follow us and, um, Find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Again, it's a video podcast. There's five episodes, so the four dates and then the recap episode where we find out if any of them fell in love. And it's kind of similar to what we did today where my voice is kind of like weaved through it. So um, it's a really, really fun watch. The episodes are only like 20 minutes each. It's very bingeable. So I hope everyone enjoys it. So fun. And you can find us at Vulnerable Pod on YouTube. Please subscribe. Please rate the podcast on Spotify and Apple. And then you can find me at Chelsea Vaughn and at Chelsea Vaughn underscore on TikTok, as you guys already know. But thank you to Maddie for being here. Um, you guys definitely look up my episode with OK Sis that's coming out soon. And other than that, we'll see you guys next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.